Hey guys, most of you know that I'm one of the founders here at the Motherhood Anthology membership along with Jenny and Allison, but I wanted to let you know that I'm also one of the co-owners of Indie Print Co. And at Indie, we say that we're on a mission to revive the art of printing by means of beautifully crafted heirloom albums and fine art prints. Now through February the 7th, Indie is offering our studio sample sale. That means 40% off of heirloom and fine art sample albums and 20% off of our fine art prints and our matted sample albums. You don't need a code, you just need to go on our site and set up an account. So just go to IndiePrintCo.com and click on shop to see all the lovely products that we have there for you. Again, the sale will be offered until February the 7th, so head on over there today and check it out. At the Motherhood Anthology, we can't stress enough the importance of business education. We also understand that often the best method of learning is actually seeing those lessons applied to real life scenarios in real time. One way we hope to inspire and help you on this podcast is by taking the education we share in our membership and putting it into action through case studies. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box, and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. I'm so excited for you all to listen in on today's episode. All three of us, Jenny, Allison, and myself, sit down with Sarah Aldridge, a member in the Motherhood Anthology membership and owner of Little Light of Mind Photo. Sarah has kindly agreed to openly share some of her struggles she's currently experiencing in her own business. Join us as we provide Sarah with live one-on-one coaching in today's case study. Specifically, we'll be honing in on her pricing challenges and marketing strategies as she navigates expansion into two different geographical markets. Now I present to you episode number nine and the first segment in a series of case studies on the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Hey, Sarah. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Um, so I'm Kim and you're here with Jenny and Allison. Hello. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> and you're from the South too, girl. You're speaking my language. I hear it. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, Jenny and Allison, well, they're kind of from the South, but they don't, they don't speak the same language as you guys. So. <laughs> they don't speak South. <laughs> you don't have that Southern, that Southern accent. Um, no. so funny. I don't even think I have one. Everyone says I do that. <laughs> I clearly do. I hear it in you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us today. You're our very first case study on the podcast. So thank you for doing this with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm going to just put all your problems out there for the world. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm here for it. (laughs) And hopefully we can help you solve some of those today. So just start by telling everybody about yourself and your business and your business journey a little bit. Well, I haven't been on it very long or it doesn't seem. I started... I really started back in June of 2021. So I've been at it about a year and a half. I started out just doing newborns and I did that in home for a while. And then it was in the the spring of this past year that I found the motherhood anthology. And so then I kind of pivoted to trying to do motherhood photography and like take on more families and things like that. It's been a wild back and forth journey, just trying to figure out like money and marketing. And cause I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place. So like when I started out and I was just doing newborns, I was charging 400 
all inclusive for just like whatever we got. I would go in people's homes. I'd set up, I'd be there for like four hours and I was charging them $400 for whatever I could get. And then once I found the motherhood anthology, I was kind of, I did my cost of doing business and I was trying to figure things out and just starting out. I mean, my costs are really low. So then I tried to kind of switch to a business model where I was doing collections. And I think my smallest was 800 and I had a bigger one at 910. And then that wasn't really working out. So I dropped down again. And so I've gone back and forth with pricing, which I think has been confusing for me and for like how I'm trying to market. But I just don't feel super confident in my work, I think at this point, even though I think it's probably is well worth what I'm charging. I just, I'll get there. And then I'll be like, well, it's not, that's not what it needs to be. So I can't charge that much. So then I'll drop back down. And so I do have clients at this price point, but I do find that since I've gone up a little bit, it's getting harder and harder to find people kind of in that mid range. So. Yeah. So is photography a side hustle right now, or do you have, are you, you have another day job? It is my primary income um, at this point. So Luckily, like with my husband, I don't have to make this completely full-time, although I would like to. So up until last year, I was teaching preschool at the same time. And then actually I've been nannying two days a week up until literally this month. So this is my last month with them. So I'm planning to take it completely full-time into the new year. So that's kind of, I feel like it's a good time to be like, okay, if I'm going to make a big jump and I'm going to do some stuff different, like let's do it now. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's Jenny Nelson, you guys too, like, let's just dive in. And like the first thing that strikes me is that you're in a great place to make changes. You want to make the money, you need to make the money. But if it's not Mm -hmm. like, if you're in a position where you can make changes and you have a little time to wait for them to, you know, kick in and the, the money to start coming in, that's a great place to be, to make big changes. Right guys. Don't you think? I agree. I agree. I think Like I would, depending on your, you know, obviously your circumstances, which we know that you don't necessarily need this to be full-time right now. I think that is like the best position to be in because I would rather see somebody in your position instead of being a little bit lower price and taking on a bunch of sessions to kind of like make that, whatever that round number is that you need every month or want every month. I would rather see you charge more and like shoot, shoot, shoot way less because then right. at least for each session, you are making a sustainable price for it and a sustainable income. And like, if your income is mm-hmm. lower than you want it to be, it's not because you're charging too little and shooting too much. It's because you just need to continue to build up your client base, which you're still so new. Like your business is so new. You are, first of all, a thousand times better than I was like a hundred percent my business, like branding oh, overall, oh, like your actual work, your what, like, I mean, it is, it's like no comparison. So like, oh. I think right off the bat, you're like in an amazing place. <laughs> Thank so you. If we, if I could charge what I charged, you know, 12 years ago for not even close to this situation, I think you're good. You don't have to worry about any of those fears, which I know is is easier said than done. Like, it's really hard to just be like, no, your work is fine. Like you, you don't have to worry about not being good enough to charge your prices. Like that is a whole mental game that you just have to partially, you know, fake it till you make it. And partially like, you know, Mm -hmm. work out those money blocks and mindset blocks and things like that. And just tell yourself like, 
you are giving them such a service and such an heirloom product and like memories that is literally worth whatever you want to charge for it. Like you determine the worth and the value on that. And it should not be low because like you said, you were, you know, spending four hours on a newborn session and charging $400, which was just not, which props to you. Like it could have been a lot lower. I've seen so many people start their businesses so much lower than that. I thought I was starting out high. That was such a thing. I was like, oh, I'm so high. Like, and no one else in the area charges, you know, of course everybody says that no one else in the area charges this. And so people would be like, assume that I was low starting out and they'd be like, oh, that's really expensive. So like I had that in my head for so long, like I'm so expensive. I'm so expensive. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And really it's just so relative, you know, like people looking for the new photographer that they're hoping to get a deal from, they are going to think that's really expensive. Whereas, you know, I see that or Allison sees that and we're like, wow, that is literally nothing. And so you just always have to remind yourself that money and like the value of $400 or $4,000 is so relative. Like the way I view that and the Mm way, you know, even a millionaire views that or whatever, like it's just different. So do you have questions, Sarah? Like, so you're all inclusive now. Is that right? Yes. Well, so every package comes with digitals and then some kind of print. Yes. Okay. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your pricing structure and like numbers and stuff like that. So I know that you've done also doing business. So you Mm -hmm. have that number. Is your minimum package right now, does that meet your minimum cost of doing business per session the way you have it right right now? It meets a minimum cost, not where I would like to be. It's enough to live, (laughs) I guess I should say, but it's not, it's not anywhere where I would like to be. (laughs) I gotcha. So personally, like all inclusive or even like all inclusive packages up front are not my favorite pricing structure Mm -hmm. of all of them, which I think, I think a lot of people know that. But in case people don't, that is my least favorite only for two really big reasons. So for all inclusive to be at a profitable rate, you are essentially asking for a client to invest a lot of money up front without Mm -hmm. even seeing their images. And I think the higher you go in price, the, the harder that is to do you know, even for me, if I were to say like, Hey, I need to be all inclusive and charge 3,500 to $4,000 a session. I, even though that might be my average or like what a lot of clients spend, I think it would be very, very hard to book as many clients as I have this year, say. So it's right. it's really easy when you're a lower price point, but once you get into those higher, more profitable price points, I think that's just a hard road to go down. And then you're also capping yourself a little bit. So depending on how you do it, I mean, I know you've got the different like packages, but Mm -hmm. what I've seen is most people are doing all inclusive and giving so much at those at either the one package or um, the lower packages that there's really no reason for a lot of people to upgrade or add on products and things like that. So you're capping yourself and like, that makes it really hard to grow. And also you're not Mm -hmm. giving you're not giving clients the chance to spend more. Like they might have spent more, but you kind of told them like, this is all you have to spend. And so that right there can make a huge difference. Even if you don't actually change your numbers a ton. It's like the, Mm -hmm. it's the semantics of it, right? Because with all inclusive, 
they pay you, let's just say a thousand dollars up front and in their head, they're done. Like they've paid mm-hmm. for it. It's good. They just have to come for their session and there's no other additional expense. Whereas, you know, if you do a session fee or a creative fee up front, then they still have it in their mind. Like, okay, we still have to pay for the pictures and for any products that we want. So it's leaving that door open to future sales versus closing it. And whether you do, I'm just using a thousand dollars cause it's an easy number, but like whether yeah. you do a thousand dollars all inclusive or you do a $300 session fee with your lowest digital file collection being $700, it's the same amount of money. The difference is, is that right. with that session fee and then your you know lowest digital package being 700, there's still room to upgrade them to buy more digital files, to add on those products. It leaves that door totally open. So I feel like whenever I mentor someone like, you know, one-on-one and they're, they're inclusive, all inclusive. I tell them, you know, if you're a thousand dollars, it doesn't matter if it's a thousand dollars up front or 300 and then 700, it's the same amount of money. So instead of giving, you know, all of the digital files for a thousand, now you can just tweak it and make, you know, the lowest digital package of let's say 15 images, $700. And it still gets those everybody in the door because you know, they're thinking like, oh, I'll just, or, you know, purchase the lowest amount of digitals. But then once they see that gallery and you have them not purchasing out of emotion, but like they're able to see actually what they're investing in, then that changes how much they're willing to invest. So let's look at some of the questions that you sent ahead of time, Sarah. So question number one is I'm currently marketing to two major cities that are about three hours apart. I do find that sometimes clients are confused when they see my website as it says Charleston newborn photographer when they're in Charlotte or vice versa. Is this an issue with marketing? Should I focus on the one closest to me to start or do I need to be strategic with marketing and SEO to make this work? Go, Allison. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I think that I can just speak on like what I'm dealing with right now, as far as, you know, I'm, I live in Asheville, North Carolina, but I market Mm -hmm. to Houston. And for me personally, Houston is my bread and butter, right? It's, it is where I've grown my business for 10 years and where most of the bulk of my clients come from. So I think that you need to ask yourself, like, where do you want to have that bulk at? And then focus there, because I feel like when you are trying to split your energy between two locations and get them both up to par, it's really hard versus saying, okay, I'm going to really focus on Charlotte and the surrounding suburbs that are you know, higher end homes in the, in the burbs and stuff like that. So focus on Charlotte or, you know, Charleston Pour all of it, all of your energy into that, into building up that location and the brand and, and your client base. And then once that's at a place that is sustaining you, that is allowing you to work as much or as little as you want, then shift your focus to build up that other location. Now to expand a tiny bit. I do think that you can still post on social media and use hashtags for both locations, but as Mm -hmm. far as your website and your SEO, I think that that should really be focused on one until it's where, where you want it to be. 
I agree with everything that Allison said, but I was going to ask you if one of those two cities is closer to you. Like, where are you in? So those cities are three hours apart from each other, but like, where are you in those? So Charlotte is closer to me. I'm in Hickory. So kind of the outskirts of Charlotte, which is why I kind of started marketing there. It's a bigger like city closer to me. The reason I market in Charleston is because we would like to make a move there at some point. So I would like to have a steady client base there before we would just pick up and move. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I would, okay. So yeah. So kind of what else inside of doing like the, the main one to Charlotte, but you can still kind of like continue to right. tag and market to Charleston as well, because I right. think you can pull, I think three hours from either direction is if those are major cities, I think that's easy to pull from both. Right. But you okay. definitely, especially when you're first starting out and you're like looking to establish your SEO and looking to like pull your mm-hmm. rank up and stuff like that. You really want to like hit the ground running hard on one major city. Yeah. And, and really where you are in Hickory, like you're in just like the hub of it. Right. So you can, you, you know, <laughs> even if you're not using keywords on your website or focusing on SEO there for other surrounding cities, like on your social media, you can market to Asheville. You're only what an hour and 15 away. You can market to Asheville. You can market to Charlotte. You can market to all of those places because, you know, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that search, you know, that use Instagram as like a search engine now. And while they may not ever visit your website, they are definitely looking at hashtags. And so you know, that you're in a, you're in a place where you can really on social media, you know, still grab in potential clients from all of those bigger surrounding cities. Well, let's move on to the next question. Um, it says, when do you know it's time to raise your prices? I know where I want my minimum to be, but I also want to feel that I can confidently back it up. So I'm torn between gaining more experience before entering a luxury market and just jumping all in. So I feel like we kind of touched on this, but I'm going to say it to you right. again. I think you're there. I, I have Thank your you. website open. I bet I could pick out on your website and Instagram, what is a more current image and what is maybe a little bit older. I bet you have had so much growth, even in the past, like six months that I truly think you could go through your website and even your Instagram and start, um, calling a little bit of those older first sessions out and really showing like, number one, what you think is like really, really high quality. And then also what really truly represents your brand. I know that when a lot of us are first starting out, we're kind of like trying everything, shooting everything, Mm -hmm. playing around, which you you should be like a hundred percent. Like that is the only way to figure out what you like and don't like. Right. So like, that's great. But then you can start to really narrow down your focus and only show, you know, we say it all the time, like only show what you want to shoot again. So I truly don't think you are as far off as you might think you are. (laughs) Um, there are a lot of really, really high end photography studios. And I'm talking like, like so far over Allison and my prices and brand, like so far over that, that personally, like I would not take a free session from them. Like they are just not my style or very, very, very old school. And like, 
Mm-hmm. Like I don't really care for like that look. Like there's just a lot of reasons that people are charging a very, very high price and have a very established business, but I would not care to have their work in my home. Um, and right. that just tells me that like art is subjective and business is not about how good you are or aren't like at, at a certain point, right. it's not about your pictures and it's just about what you're showing and what you're uh, curating and what you do for your clients, how your brand makes them feel, what you're putting out there about your brand. And I think, I truly think that is what is holding back so many photographers from having a really successful business and or charging more is they think that it has to be like this perfect version of what they have in their head. But like, really, if you start to look at really, really successful studios and you see some of that stuff and you're like, but you just made a 20 or $30,000 sale. Like tell what, like, it's right. Right. You know? And so we just know that it's, it's less about the pictures and more about your business model. You know what you're charging. Like you, you can't have a $20,000 sale if you're charging. Right. You know, if, if, if someone could get everything on your pricing menu and not even hit 5,000, there's no way you're going to have a $20,000 sale. And so it's just like right. those kind of little tweaks that I'm not saying you need a $20,000 sale or even right, I do, but yeah. like, you know, a lot of times people are like, how are they doing that? And it's like, well, you didn't even mm-hmm. give your client the opportunity to do that. So it would be impossible. So you know, all that I'm, to say, you're totally there. Right. I, and I okay, agree. I'm, thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm looking through your website and I mean, a hundred percent, like the, the work that you are creating right now is totally in line with a higher end photographer. I want to echo what Jenny said. And, you know, if you just went through and basically called your website and mm-hmm. really looked at each image and said, okay, you know, is this something that I want to photograph again? Like, would I be happy if someone came to me and said, I want this. And then also, you know, I'm looking at like your outdoor sessions and it seems like it's at a lot of different locations. So I think that if Mm -hmm. you narrow down your offerings to clients, as far as where to have their session and what time of day to have it, I think that that would really like cinch up your brand overall because clients don't necessarily know what they like about a photographer, but part of it is that the images are cohesive and speak to them. And I feel like with your outdoor work, there's so many different locations that are shown. It doesn't come together. Whereas if you just looked back at where you've had sessions and really say, okay, I just want to offer like this one beach location right at sunset or whenever <laughs> this one outdoor location and only offered that then I, and only showed that, I feel like it would really bring your website together as well. She also asked, and Sarah, feel free to like, jump in with more questions if you have more questions okay. or comment on what they're saying at any time. So, um, but it, do you want to like follow up with the question that you had about like what to do in the meanwhile after you raise pricing? You said, um, I know when I do raise my prices, I'll lose the majority of my current clients. How do I deal with this, this downtime during rebuilding a client base? Also, how long do you think it takes to begin booking again after a major price shift. I know there will be downtime, but how long do you give it before you realize something isn't working and you need to make a change in something in your marketing? So I would say if you're doing a big jump, because I really don't believe in tiny jumps, that's not really 
It doesn't do anything for anybody. If you're making that big jump, I would say you need to give it at least six months. You know, it's six okay. months yeah. of, and Jenny, I think you'll agree with this. So often we see, see people raise their prices, but then sort of like sit back and don't do anything during that time. And then they say, I have to lower it back down because, you know, nothing is booking, but nothing's going mm-hmm. to book if you raise your prices and then you don't blog for six months or you don't post on Instagram right. for six months. And so for me, whenever I do any big shifts in my business, I am very intentional with using that time to the best of my ability. So that right. could mean going back and redoing the pricing PDF that I send out to people so that it reflects current images, current branding, all of that. It could be, you know, scheduling out Instagram posts for the next three months. It could be creating blogs that are using the keywords that you want to rank for and making sure that those are, you know, published. It could be, you know, doing some very intentional, um, portfolio building and in the locations that you want and with them dressed the way that you want so that you can continue to offer new content while you're sort of in that lull. I agree. And we touched on this, but like you are in such a good position that it sounds like you can have a few months where you are shooting less, making less. um, And really, I know it seems counterintuitive, but that really truly pays off so much more in the long run and sets you up for success for the future. And then you Mm -hmm. don't, you know, knock on wood, have to deal with that many times or ever again. And that's really, well, that's kind of the goal. Yeah, Yeah. because we're in a good spot right now, but it's just the two of us. I basically, I'm trying to set myself up for the future, where I know I want to be. I know we want to be, you know, in a different like living situation, like a different house. I know we want to have kids. I want to have time. I want to set myself up for a job where I have time for them. So I'm just, I'm kind of thinking ahead of what do I want this to look like in two or three years? And I want to go for that now instead of trying to figure it out when it does happen. Right. Yes. And that's so smart because like the saddest thing that I think Allison and I and Kim would both agree that it's so sad to see somebody build up a beautiful business. Like they have a ton of clients, their work is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like they're really well known in their area, but they are working all the time. They feel like they are so burnt out. They have no boundaries, hardly charging enough. Like Mm -hmm. they're making, they're making a decent amount of money because they are working so much, but really per session, they're not making enough. And like, that is just like that, that kills me. I'm like, why? Like, I hate when people do that, but I know how, how it's so easy to fall into that trap because you think like, for sure, you know, once you start booking clients and you're like, Oh, I, everybody loves me. I'm really busy. Like, this is great. But you know, when you really look at it on paper, you're like, wow, this is actually not that great. And it's hard yeah. to dig out of that hole. You know, you know, like, like you were saying, like in a couple of years, like you don't want to be in that situation. What's going to sure. happen is it's going to feel good in the moment because you have that cash flow, but you're going to get tired and you're going to get to the point where you go, I can't keep up this pace any longer. You know, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then, um, <laughs> that, you know, the numbers have to change at that point. You're going to be really excited, Sarah, our new content in the membership this month. Marie Elizabeth (laughs) is doing content on her transition from being a teacher to full-time motherhood photographer and what she did during that transition to make that work. So it's all the same thing she was just saying. So it's really good. And she did an episode yesterday. A big takeaway was 
you know, use this time to do styled shoots. That is work that you love. So you have all that content for your website, Mm -hmm. for your social media, but yeah, that's going to be, it's good content and a good podcast episode. So look out for that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely like not above at any stage in your business. Like if you are, if you have the time and if you're not going to like make a huge profit anyway, you might as well make that session work to your advantage. Like you might not get Mm -hmm. paid for it, but you will get paid tenfold if you do a model session where you are calling literally all the shots. I always joke that like my, my model sessions, like when, when I'm like using something for teaching, I'm like, they're not allowed to move a pinky without me telling them to do so. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you make all the decisions. And like, then that really, really pays off for your business because you have those images to show. And, you know, we all know clients want what they see. If you show them X, Y, Z, they know that they can get that. That's what you do. That's what you specialize in. That's what you are you know, quote the best in. And so that really pays off for your business, especially in more of a downtime when you have that time. Another another thing that comes to mind is the episode with Kristen Sweeting. She talked about the fact, like when you get to that point, because we hear that so often that like I raised my prices and now I hear crickets. That's your opportunity, really. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go back to what was working. But in that moment, especially for you, since you have, you know, you have this time where you're not the sole breadwinner in your family to not say like, oh, it's not working. I'm going back, but say, okay, you know, let's see what I need to work on. And maybe, you know, you need to level up your work. Maybe, Maybe you feel that way. Like, oh, it's not quite there yet. Well, okay. So let's work on that. Or maybe it's marketing or maybe it's SEO, but that's your cue to just to fix those things, not to quit or mm-hmm. not to say, I'm, you know, throwing in the towel here. I'm going back to the price that was working, you know? So right. I thought that was, I've done advice. that. I've done that a little bit. Not even that I raise a high, I kind of left it the same. I dropped down a little bit and I left it the same, but I added on like a smaller package option, which of course has been like the only thing that's booked. So I kind of mm-hmm. shot myself in the foot with that one, but yeah. Can you, um, can you tell it, us really quick what your current packages include? Like, I'm curious what those look like and what we could like quickly tweak in those. Yeah. So my biggest one is 810 and that um, includes 30, no, sorry, 50. I think it's 50 digitals and the proof prints and then a glass um, proof box or like the print box. And then the next one down is the same thing, but it is 40 images and um, no box. So they just get the proofs. And then the smallest one is $400 and it, they get 15 images and one um, fine art eight by 10. Okay. And then does that, are those like all, like, is there a separate session fee or creative fee on top of that? Or could somebody just spend $400 no, to get 15 images? They could just spend $400. That was like, I kind of backtracked because I felt like I had, clients that had used me before. And then I was like, I just want to give them an option because I just felt like I just needed to book something. And so I kind of backed up and added that as a option. And of course, like I said, that's the only one that that books now. So (laughs) yeah. Well, okay. So two thoughts on that really quick is 15 images is a lot. If someone's going to save quite a bit of money, I think narrowing down to 15, you can do so much. You can make an album. You could do like five wall galleries, you could, you, that 15 is plenty for many people. If it's, if it means saving quite a bit of money. 
So I think if you want to have a lower price point package, like if you're going to stick with the collections, I would absolutely back that down to five to eight images at the most. I was going to say five. Um, Yeah. And then I do think like there's a point where, you know, $400 versus $600 to a client, like what's the difference at that point? Right. Um, You know, it's kind of one of those things where like, yes, it's $200 more, but like if you can afford to spend $400 on a custom photo session, you can probably afford to spend $600, right? Like nobody who's really struggling is going to spend $400 anyways. And so we have to start thinking that like our clients are not those people that we need to not feel badly for, but you know, a lot of people are like, well, I just, I want everybody to have beautiful images. And we just have to realize that like, we're working really hard and like, this is a luxury service and product. Like people, everybody has a cell phone. Everybody can take images. Like that's not, that's not an issue anymore. So we don't need to worry. And there's other ways we could do a whole podcast on this, but there's so many other ways to give back when you are making a sustainable income. So you don't have to do it to clients that are coming with their Starbucks and their Louis Vuittons. Right. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. Hey Jenny, right. I I was just going to say like, to, to quote Kristen again in her really great episode, she said, we take for granted that everybody and their children are walking around with thousand dollar phones in their hand. Yes. They, yeah. so, and we're it's worried true. about charging $400 for heirloom memory, you know, like one of people's most prized possessions, like everyone spent, mm-hmm. can find a thousand dollars to, to spend on a phone. So exactly. I just wanted to add that. Exactly. I would absolutely bump that package. If you want to stick with kind of the same pricing structure that you're at right. down in images up a little bit in price. And you could also do that by, you know, not having them choose up front. Like we were saying, like hat, just introduce a creative fee or a session fee of a couple hundred right. dollars and that bumps you up and you can still keep that 400. One of the reasons I don't love all inclusive or even collections to a point is because I don't want them up front to see really big numbers. I would rather them see right. smaller numbers and it just feels more accessible. I mean, everybody can do math, but even still, like it mm-hmm. just it looks more accessible and less right. overwhelming and scary up front to start investing. And so that really can help you, number one, book more clients because there's a lower right. investment up front. And then it gives them that option on the back end. Really quick, I okay, I was in your shoes at one point, right? Where I, I did not charge what I'm charging now. And I made the mistake of doing lots of little increases, right. To where I was having to rebuild my brand every single time that I did that. And, you know, I got, I'm at a point now where if I'm going to intentionally have a lull in my business, it better a hundred percent be worth it in the end when I get the result that I want. So Right. You know, you were saying that you look ahead like two to three years, I would go even further and look ahead five years and ask yourself, you know, if all of this is exactly, you know, what I want it to be in five years, what do I want to be making? So then that, you know, you're looking back at, you know, your life and you're saying, okay, what kind of house do I want to live in? What kind of luxuries do I want to have? Do I want to be able to take one or two vacations every year? How many hours do I want Mm -hmm. to be devoting to my business and sort of paint that big picture and then take a step back and ask yourself, you know, based on all of the numbers, what you need to be making. 
and then raise those prices because, you know, I, I do have a session where it's only five images, but it's $650. And then it's Mm -hmm. also done my way where, you know, they can only book that session either on a certain day when other petite sessions are coming in or on a day where Monette is already at the studio for a full session. And so she's not driving just for a petite, right? It makes it worth the time. And so I think that, you know, if you want to offer like a smaller package for your clients that have been with you, you can do that, but there's also like a happy medium, right? So instead of the 400 for 15 images, why not do 575 for five images? I mean, truly like you can that's still very affordable. And for people that email saying, I just want a handful of images, that's perfect. But then you Mm -hmm. can also schedule that on the same day that you're doing a full session. And, you know, Jenny and I have said it multiple times, but I truly believe that doing a session fee or creative fee is the way to go. And so even if you broke apart the you know, how it is now. And you did a $300 creative fee and $500 instead of $800 for just 20 images, right. Instead of $810 Mm -hmm. for 50 images, right. That much of a change is not so huge, but it leaves so much room for bigger sales where, you know, they may do a creative fee and plan on doing 20 images, but when they see a gallery of 50, they can't narrow it down. And so they wind up spending $1,100 on all images. No, for sure. That makes sense. And that's something I would want, like, it's always been in my head. Cause I see, you know, you talk about it a lot and then I just, I get nervous that like, I'm not going to present it right. People are going to be confused. Like it's going to be an issue, but yeah. I think I just have to just go for it. Well, and part of, part of it is just like, I mean, Jenny and I were just talking about this in like a previous podcast recording, like we sort of just decide something and we do it. Right. And so I think that when you are making big changes within your business, if you sit on it too long, it's just not going to happen. Or it happens in a way that's not going to be like fruitful in the end for, for you and your time. So, you know, if you're going to be intentional about making some changes, put some boundaries on it and say to yourself, like, okay, this week I'm going to totally revamp my pricing and my email workflows that go out to clients and inquiry responses and all of that. And next week I'm changing my pricing. Then from there, you can plan out, you know, what you want to do if you want to redo your website or whatever during that downtime, but, you know, putting a, a date and some expiration time on it sometimes helps really pull that bandaid off. So the next question, I think this is a good one. Do you feel that being in the middle range pricing is a hindrance to growth? I've been trying to slowly raise pricing until I'm more confident, but I'm worried I place myself in a weird middle ground that has slowed my bookings and is keeping me from my ideal client. So, so- I think the middle is the hardest place to be. I think we say, Mm -hmm. Allison and I have said this for a long time. It's like the middle is where most people are. And when you're at the low, low end, you're competing on price. So if you're basically anywhere but terrible in your images, which obviously you're so far above that, and you're a good price, it's so easy to book. Everybody with a halfway decent image and cheap prices should be able to book a bajillion sessions, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. that doesn't really help you at all. And then you get to bump up to be more of a middle ground. 
And you are kind of competing with everybody who is realizing, okay, I'm better than the lowest. I don't want to be super cheap prices. So there's a lot of competition. And I do feel like Mm -hmm. clients are still kind of comparing. They're being very, very picky in that range still about like comparing work, comparing brands, comparing prices, you know, you're a hundred dollars more. What's the point of going with you? You know, whereas once you get to a higher price point, and of course that is, this is all relative, you know, based on Mm -hmm. where you are and things like that and who's around you. But like, once you get to a higher price point, there's so much less competition that you're not even, you're not even in the same league as like those middle ground where all the tiny fish are. And it's like, they're all competing for the same thing. And it's just really hard. And like, there's not a lot of differentiation that clients are seeing. Whereas once right. you bump up in your um, overall brand and your pricing, you know, pricing like communicates a lot as it is. Like if you have a high price, people automatically think like, wow, this is double or triple the price as these other 10 people. It must be so much better or there must be a reason. Right. Even if that's not true. Um, right. That's just kind of like how our minds work. We see a really high price for a service or item and we think, oh, that's a luxury item or that's a really good experience or, you know, there's just a reason for that. And so I do think um, being higher is often easier. It may be more work on the front end. On the back end, I think it's Mm -hmm. way easier. (laughs) I've always loved the thing you said once, Jenny, you said, I'd rather compete with the three high-end photographers in my market than the 300 in the middle (laughs) pricing. Yeah. Like, that makes exactly. a lot of sense. Like, exactly. Yeah. That makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just really lazy, but I like, don't want to <laughs> work that hard. <laughs> like, I would have three to compete with. Like, it's just, just makes things simple. I'm all about simple, simplifying everything for myself, for my clients, being really clear and, and easy. It's just, this is a hard, it's hard to own your own business, no matter what business you own you know, you're going to spend a lot of time. You're going to spend a lot of energy. Even when you're not working, you're going to be, there's times where you're going to be stressed about it. I mean, I still feel this way sometimes, like, you know, being self-employed, that's a lot on your shoulders. And so make it as easy as possible for yourself. Real, real quick. I know that as creatives, we obviously want to create. And I feel like at a higher price point, there is more room to do that from the clients. They trust you. They believe that, you know, the experience you've created is like what it is for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. And you've got more freedom in being able to run a business like you want to run it. Whereas whenever I was at a lower price point, it was very much the mindset of the client was going to dictate everything. And Mm-hmm. There was a lot of wants and wishes for not a lot of money, tr- like a transaction. And so that was stressful. You know, that's part of the part of what leads to that burnout is that you are stuck in this cycle of you want to make clients so happy, but at that price point, they also don't necessarily trust you to deliver what they want. And so then they want to micromanage everything. And mm-hmm. I've found that when I raised my prices to what they are now. There is a hundred percent trust on the client's end that we will deliver what they are wanting. So it makes, it gives us so much more room to 
be artists because in the end, we know that the photography part of it is such a small part of business. That is really so true. Like the clients, my clients that come to me and they're like, do whatever you want. Tell me what to wear, blah, blah. Like we'll do whatever you say. Those are always my favorite sessions. And not because like I get to tell them what to do. It's because like, I have that total creative freedom. I'm not, you know, checking the list or like making sure we do this or that. I know that like I can pose you. However, I think is going to be the most flattering and put you in something that I think looks great on you. Like it just makes such a difference and clients pay more for that. And when they pay more, you know, when we talked about like, you want to compete with the three and not the 300 and that just by raising prices, like in their minds, it it gives them a sense that it's a better product, but really it does allow you the margin to give them a better experience to create the art that you want to give them and not feel so tired and burnt out because you have to shoot so many more sessions. You know, you really are able to give them a better experience. So it, it does allow you that for sure. It does change, I think, the experience that you can give your clients for sure. So just a couple more questions. How do you go about introducing product sales into your business model? So I think that this is actually way easier than people think it is. You know, sometimes, well, oftentimes I get messages or emails saying, you know, I really want to start offering prints or albums, but how, how do I do that? And, you know, it's like right now, and I'm sure Jenny will agree. We're both doing online ordering appointments. And so if we had been doing this in the very beginning, there really is no need to have samples or any of that. I mean, all of it can be done online. We taught that in the membership over the past couple months, exactly the steps to do it. So I think that anyone that doesn't offer products is hundred percent leaving money on the table. If you want to take like the easiest route possible, offer online galleries and offer a storefront attached to them. And for, for me and for Jenny, I know, um, you know, we require a purchase, uh, like before that, that online store is available, right? So that purchase could be files, that purchase could be files and an heirloom album. Um, it could be files and frames, but then after that, you know, open that store to them and allow them to add on extra stuff, or, you know, you can, you can do what we do and offer like your bigger ticket items on the front end during the ordering appointment and still o- mm-hmm. offer a store on the back end um, where they can order, you know, loose prints and cards. And, you know, there's like calendars that they can buy grandparents, stuff like that. Uh, it's not as scary as, I mean, I really feel like so many of the IPS like groups really make it out to like, if you're going to sell products, you have to do it in person. And, you know, that's just not true. Jenny and I have had our best years this year and we've done all of our sales online. Mm -hmm. Great. I've had my highest sales online. I have raised my prices slightly, you know, over the past couple of years, but like nothing drastic. And I have still had my highest sales online. I've had my two now last year and this year, like highest grossing years ever. And so I think it's more about your pricing structure in general and your overall brand and like how you're showing and sharing products before, during, and after working with your clients. 
than whether you sit down in person or don't sit down in person. I mean, I, I love in-person sales. I think it's great, but I just don't, I don't think you can say, well, I'm not, I'm not in a position to do that or don't want to do that. So I can't sell products. Yeah. Because at this point, you know, I mean, even in the membership, we have, we've shared so many product templates where you can use them to put client photos in. I mean, really you can create a entire sales experience for your clients without even having one actual like album in your hand or any of that truth, truly. I mean, do I think that, that it benefits them to come to a studio and see albums sitting out on a table? Sure. But I really do believe Mm -hmm. that you can still sell albums and frames virtually because we do that. And then just educate your client over and over and over about why you believe that it's important to Mm -hmm. have something tangible from their session. Like that is something I sincerely believe, you know, that how many people these days have all their photos, you know, on their computer and they have the intention to print them, but then they don't. So like, if you just make that part of your content on social media, like why you believe that's important and show them beautiful product and make that your artist statement, so to speak. I believe you should print your memories. You should be able to have them to hold and to love. Like they don't belong on a hard drive. Like just make that part of your brand. Then it becomes pretty easy to sell those products. Yeah. It's adopting the language throughout your, their, their entire experience, right. From first email to when they see their final pictures and they're, you know, creating their order. If you've not once shown them a frame or an album, even on your website or social media or in your language, it's, they're not going to do it, right. They're just going to get files, but, you know, relaying to them that your experience is so much more than just sending over files. It's ensuring that there is a service for them where frames can show up at their house, at their home. And, you know, albums are created for them and designed for them and not just left for them to figure out like in an a ordering software on the internet that they can use. That's, that's truly how you, I guess, sort of set yourself apart from the others that do just want to deliver files because some do, and that's fine. But if you're wanting to order or to, to sell products, um, it really does need to start from the very beginning from that first impression. Mm -hmm. with them. Okay. So we're going to wrap up with this last question. What have you found is the best way to help grow your confidence in your work and in your business? I know my lack of confidence can translate to my clients and has been a hindrance to my growth, but I'm not sure how to start to feel the confidence that I need. So I want to first ask you this, Sarah. So you're, are you a fairly new uh, member of the motherhood anthology membership? Have you been with us for a while? Since about April, I think. Okay. So I heard someone say again, I think I'm going to quote Kristen a lot in this episode, but she said, and I've shared before that I thought this was so good, that fear or that lack of confidence is rarely resolved in your own mind, but this Mm is surrounding yourself with people that are doing the things that you want to do that prove to you that yes, if they can do it, I can do it too. So have you found that, that being a part of our community has helped? 
Oh, for sure. It, it's changed my mindset completely. I still just, I think where I get stuck is because then, you know, I'll be in there and I'll be reading things and I'll be, you know, in the content and everything. And I'm like, I can do this. Like, I, I got this. Like, I know where I want to be. Like, this is so different. And then like, when I actually go to get into it, I'm like, but maybe I'm not like backing it up. Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Cause then I'll be like really proud of something for like a week. And then I'll go back and look at it. And I'm like, Oh, I don't like this, this, and this. So mm-hmm. I just waver so much, I think on that, but it does, it has completely changed my mindset. Like I look at stuff in a such a different way. I just don't know. And maybe I won't ever feel like that. Maybe I just need to like just get over it. I don't know. But I was going to say, I have some bad news for you. I think that (laughs) that to a degree is always going to be there. I think I would a hundred percent look back at my work a year ago, two years ago and be like, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, that's okay. Like recognize that, right. You know, acknowledge it and then take it and put it aside and say like, if that can, that can coexist along with needing to have a profitable business, like, right. You know, it all goes back to like, if you are good enough to be in business, you're good enough to be a profitable business. Otherwise Mm -hmm. that's not a business. And so I think we have to understand that like as artists, especially like it's, it's interesting having a creative business because like, we are never going to feel like we have arrived or we have made it we had the perfect image and we're always going to have the perfect images. Like, yes, there are sessions that I'm like, the session was fantastic and I'm amazing. And the next one is like, Oh crap. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like that's just not really going to go away. And so you have to just say, okay, that exists. And Mm -hmm. here we are moving on, you know? (laughs) Well, and I think, I think that that can also fuel positive growth, right? Like if we were hundred percent confident in ourselves and never question anything, would there be the same amount of growth? Right. Because then right. you would just sort of stay where you are because what's working works. And, and I think that having those doubts and allowing yourself to go and reassess things, right. Go back and like comb through your website every couple of months and, and update things. And take some time to look at some recent sessions and ask yourself like what you loved about them and then what you don't want to ever do again. That is what allows you to really have rapid growth truly. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's never going to go away. I mean, I, I will, I will have a, a big sale and be like, what? Like these people want to put frames on their walls with pictures that I took like, huh? But but it's true. Like we have created an experience and a service and artwork that I don't know, that's, that is, that's appreciated. And while sure we can doubt ourselves, we also have to realize that like, we always say it, the numbers don't lie. So if you have, if you have people that are willing to spend, you know, $6,000, $8,000, $10,000 with you, that says something. And so you need to like, look at that and tell yourself like, okay, it's, you know, it's, it, it, maybe it is just me. Like, (laughs) and I can Mm -hmm. use, I can use that self-doubt to fuel a better future. Right. Right. And I think sales, like sales is my background and I really love sales. And I think sales is kind of like public speaking. It's just one of those skills you have to do more of to get better at and to have more confidence in yourself. So the more you do it, the more comfortable you become. And then Mm -hmm. also, I think you just have to remind yourself, like you're not selling a luxury car or a handbag. You are selling something that 
is only going to increase in their in value through the years and become more meaningful and you know priceless for them. And so I think if you can come to a sale with that in mind that hey, you know, this is a genuine thing that I'm doing, you know, I really feel like this is important for them. I feel like this is a fair price and I believe that there's, you know, no amount of money that I could buy this product back from them for in 20 years. Like they wouldn't sell this back to me for any price. Just to remind right. yourself that is a big help with sales. Thank you, Sarah. I think we've come to Thank the end you. of the questions. Have we helped a little bit? Oh, so much. I'm so excited. Like this was so good. This was great. I'm very happy. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for being here with us. Yeah. Thanks for being an open book and sharing with everybody. And I know that everyone that listens there, you're, you know, just by being so open, that's going to help them so much as well. So thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Our very first case study. It was great. Thank you. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Bye. That was so fun. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being so vulnerable and candid as we walk through some of the challenges you're currently facing. No one is immune to those growing pains that come along with business growth. We're so grateful to play just a tiny part in what we're sure to see as a huge success for Sarah's business. The advice and encouragement you heard today is backed by many decades of our own work experience and lessons learned in our own businesses. This type of education and many free resources are available at the Motherhood Anthology. Simply sign up for our email list at themotherhoodanthology.com so you won't miss out on any future resources. While you're there, click on over to the Courses tab where you'll find many free downloads available to you right now. You may also find our amazingly supportive and knowledgeable community at the Motherhood Anthology community on Facebook. This quote by Marie Forleo is a great way to wrap up this episode. One of the most underrated secrets to success is to start before you're ready. I appreciate you taking the time to listen in on today's case study with Sarah. Be sure to tune back in next week for a new episode. From our lens to yours, until next time, friends.